Yeah. I'ma tell you guys a little story about the House of Warriors. We ain't the people of the Capuchin. Hello and welcome back to part three of the First Nations Health Authority podcast, Strengthen Yourself. I'm here with Megan Metz and Teresa Windsor. We had left off with Megan answering the question, and we will continue with Teresa now answering the same question. So the question, I guess, what does it feel like to be the middle generation right now? You're learning a lot from elders. You're growing into that mentorship role, and you're taking on mentees. You've created that linkage between the two generations, and I'm wondering how that feels. Can you reflect on that? Oh, I reflect on it a lot. At the at the beginning, it, it felt like I was in a position where I was really like, who am I to be doing this? Like, do I have a right to be doing it? I was really questioning my my own inherent right to be able to do this work or to tell stories, like Megan said. You know, I had this self-doubt surrounding what I was worthy of. And like, you know, there's a traditional system too that to take into consideration as well, too. And you don't really want to abolish those inherent rights to tell those stories and to, you know, those, those things associated with our, our clan structures and everything like that. So it was felt like for a while I was tiptoeing around what I could and couldn't do. And then I saw a huge shift in attitude when it came to me teaching my daughter and my daughter became, started becoming known for speaking Isaac Ella. And although I was known in community for doing this work, it seemed like a lot more guards came down when they knew she could speak the language and they would often initiate conversations with her. And, and then that would kind of, you know, it would kind of like bring a barrier down or a wall down, I guess you could say, where it would just, you know, open up older teachers or older speakers, I should say, and fluent elders, knowledge keepers to want to they saw the benefit and could see a younger generation speaking a language and learning it and embracing that culture. My daughter, my daughter, like I pretty much transferred knowledge directly to her. And so I can see firsthand the impact that has on her. I've mentioned her previously, she's seven and she has a strong hot as a worldview. I took her traveling before and she heard a different language for the first time. And her first reaction was, mom, what kind of Heisler are they speaking? (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's amazing. And to me, that was healing to me because, you know, how beautiful that my child, you know, great grandchild of residential school survivors has this wholesome view of the world that's just strictly like her culture her language you know and watching that influence between the generations was something that was just amazing uh to witness because I got to witness that within my own family like when my daughter started coming into my parents house and she started greeting them by saying yowts and she'd start saying hi the greetings they respond back to her and that was really neat to see that them embracing her speaking the language and same with my own grandma 
when she started seeing the language gatherings that we were having in community, she started calling. She actually called me up on my work phone one day and it was really cute because uh, I recognized her phone number and I left a flyer or I posted a flyer saying we're having a language meeting, any elders need a ride, call this number. So then I get this phone call from my grandmother and she says, hi, I would like to have a ride or somebody come pick me up for the meeting tonight, the language meeting tonight. I said, oh, okay. I got really excited. And she was one of our regular participants. She came out regularly to support our language gatherings. And in one instance, she was interviewed and she was asked, well, why do you come out? Why do you support these, these language classes? You already know the language. So why is it important for you to come out? And she said, well, I'm, I'm supporting my granddaughter and what she's doing. I think it's a very important cause that she's, you know, what, what she's going after and I want to support her. And for me, that was, that was progress, measurable progress in my, my mindset, because getting all those generations together and on board, including my daughter, my grandmother and Megan, you know, it felt like that was a huge accomplishment in such a short amount of time, you know, getting those people inspired and on board was key, but also is what kept the momentum going throughout all that, all those years. And and still to this day, what inspires me to this day, but it is a huge responsibility. It feels like at times (laughs) because, you know, uh, as, as the growth has happened in our community, like over the five years, there's been huge progress in the aspect of having language more accessible through online talking dictionary that's still a work in progress. We have our language accessible on a website, on SoundCloud, on social media, and can really see the ripple effects of it. There's a lot more people using greetings on, on social media and stuff like that. And that's pretty neat to see that more and more people are rekindling that love for our our language you mentioned some sparks in the next generation what changes did you witness in megan as she began to learn i've witnessed her step into her own power like i've i've known megan since she was a little girl and i remember her being a little girl in the dance group as well and her holding she was she was a natural dance group leader and I see her stepping into that very same power that she wielded as a young girl and in learning and speaking a language too. And some of our experiences that we've had together, like even just understanding and learning about our grandmother's connections as well too, our grandparents' connections, that strengthened our connection. But I also feel that that also made us realize that we were actually continuing on work that goes back generations you know before us I really feel that that has really empowered the both of us and with Megan yeah I totally see her just stepping into her own power and her own strength I've been cheering her on you know like yeah I feel I feel that she's stepped into a very beautiful leadership role naturally you know I know that a lot of people from different generations see her in our community and recognize her and the way she carries herself. She embodies our culture very well and is what our Haisla people would refer to as being a handsome Haisla. That means that she's very respectful 
and she doesn't demand that respect, she has earned it. And so I'm really happy to be a part of her journey because I can only see that getting stronger with time and that respect growing over time because of who she is and what she stands for. So can you tell me how your grandparents, your grandmothers were connected and worked together? So our grandmother's connection go back a very long time ago. Megan's grandmother, Kay, and my grandmother, Frida, they met playing in our community, in our village, when which was very small at the time. And my grandmother, Frida, only spoke high Sakella. And Megan's mama'o spoke Kumsukela, English language. And they played together. There's a group of, there's groups of them that were able to speak English and speak Kaisakela. And they exchanged languages and taught each other, one another, the languages. And there's really cute stories surrounding that too. Like my grandma would say, we would pretend that we knew English and they would pretend that they knew Kaisakela and we would pretend, you know, playing. But eventually we taught each other our languages and that's how they formed a relationship and also a sisterhood and a mentorship I guess you could say that blossomed into a a sisterhood as well and they were very close right up until my grandmother passed away they were very close and also believe that Megan's grandfather Gary and my grandmother and grandfather they attended the same residential school so there was bonds formed there as well and connections that were lifelong. And my grandmother told me the story of coming across an elder in our community who was getting medical care in the local town. And at this time, you had to uh, paddle by canoe to get to a hospital. And this is also at a time where our people still were not immersed in English or anything like that. So uh, this elderly person was going to the doctor and was experiencing some excruciating pains and was being sent home again. And so my grandmother saw that there was a need there to have a translator to try and explain, you know, try and figure out what was going on for this elderly person. And she was able to identify that this person had suffered a stroke a week before and identified it, identified a need for a translator to be in the healthcare system and to have our own people translating for our own, for our elders in the, in situations like that. And her and Megan's grandmother Kay started the groundwork to get our own clinic space and to be those people that provided those types of services to to people who had to go for medical in the in the nearby town to ensure that they're getting quality care or accessing the care that they needed. Eventually that clinic had built and grown and they they had gotten a bigger building. It still stands today where at, at the front of our community, but now the health clinic has expanded so big that they have their own like huge facility now so the they were the foundation of our our health center in our community but it was done so with with the same I guess needs of language in our community and understanding high Sakella in our community yeah my grand said they did just about everything up until they officially had you know the road and everything connecting the village and 
She said at one point they're even driving their own ambulance. <laughs> she said, I don't know how I was qualified, but <laughs> we did it. We did what we had to do. And she laughs now looking back, but she said once things got more established in this area and, you know, the hospital in town got a proper ambulance that could come and help service the village. She said they came and confiscated my ambulance, <laughs> but <laughs> they, yeah, they're also like very hardworking women, but you can definitely tell that's also where we get our sense of humor. <laughs> It was really amazing to have both of their support in the work that we've been doing. Like, like I said, my grandmother came out to support. So did, so does Kay. She's come out to support many of our initiatives and is behind us 100%. And so having their support with their self-made matriarch status, you know, they're very well respected individuals in our community. And so having their support meant a lot and yeah, it, it was quite amazing to realize kind of after Megan and I had already built a relationship and bonded, we, it was kind of like backpedaling and going back in history, learning of that bond between our grandmothers too, and realizing that it was more than just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't even know if you could call it a coincidence at this point, but it was, felt like it was, we were meant to be on this journey together and it didn't happen, didn't happen by coincidence, it feels my daughter, Lyric, has actually adopted Megan as her auntie as well, too. So <laughs> there's a very close connection there now as well, too. And although there's no real blood ties, I don't think, you know, th- th- it's beautiful to know that for even for my grandmother, her grandmother, that we've, we're self-made family and that what has bonded us has been language <laughs> and culture. One more question. Megan, you may have answered this, but what does your future look like? It focused on mentorship component. How do you plan to pay it forward? I feel like I started with everything I learn. I go right to my family first and just share it, whether it's like a cultural teaching or a word. I'll go and I'll share that. And it kind of just grows from there. Whoever I speak to that shows that interest genuinely, I'll share it with them. Like I can talk all night if you let me. <laughs> So if you want to talk about, if you want to dream about what things could be like, or if you want to pinpoint barriers now and talk about how we could address them, or if you just want me to just share words with you or just share teachings from like our Nuyum, which is all about like our Heisel worldview and perspective, I will. So it doesn't really matter the age of the person, if they are engaged and they want to learn or they have stories they want to share with me too. It's really beautiful that way. I recently made a connection with someone and they're from like a neighboring nation. And we spent like a decent couple of hours. We're sitting around a fire and we just exchanged stories. I told a story and he was like, whoa, here's our version of it. They would share the story. Whoa, cool. We have our version of it. And it goes like this. And it was just this back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, I want to be able to do this with everybody. (laughs) This is... This is so beautiful and it feels so right. It makes me feel so whole. Once we framed it that way, outside at the culture camp, all of them were like, you know what, you're right. And they're just so ready to go back to our village and, and just keep learning. And it's, it's beautiful to see the shift in mindset. And even as they go for their different pursuits, finding ways to still incorporate that part of them, not having to leave, you know, 
that Heisla part of themselves at the door when they go and do certain things. Like they show up as their full selves. And it's it's inspiring for me to see. Can you give me an example of strength or word for healing? For me, the word that comes to mind is to strengthen oneself. Because while our journeys have really come together, it really has boiled down to us strengthening ourselves and our own self-identity and working on repairing our identity as Isla women. And I think that summarizes. I think I naturally kind of gravitate to areas where that mental health and the culture and language can come together, like those those culture camps and the land-based healing we've been doing. So I definitely see myself slowly kind of floating over that way and really trying to be a positive influence for youth and, and show them that, like I mentioned, all the things that I'm doing now, I'm not supposed to be doing. So you want to you wanna rebel? You want to be really cool? Like you can learn your culture and your language. Like that, that's <laughs> the most rebellious thing you could do at this point once you really look back at the history. And once I reframed it that way for myself too, it's, it almost, it almost, you have to laugh. Like, <laughs> I feel like as Indigenous people, we really try to look for the humor and just this, this awfulness we've been put through. We have to, we have to look for the good. We have to look for the lesson or where the laugh is just to comfort each other and keep making it by. And, and also speaks to the healing that we've done as well, translates to that word strengthen oneself any final words i just hope that this uh, reaches people to reaches people who are on the same journey or who have had thoughts about wanting to be a part of their own language revitalization efforts for their for their people yeah i and if so, I'd love to hear those stories and connect with those people because there, I, I know that there is a number of other people out there like us. This is just our story and our connections. So I imagine there's there's more to hear and more to learn from other people out there. But thank you for this time and this space to share our story. In Heisla, we will call story Nuyam. So really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share our Nuyam with you and looking forward to hearing it on a, on a podcast. been a real honor to hear Megan Metz and Teresa Windsor's story. My name is Kelsey Abraham and I'm the Community Coordinator for Youth and Child Care for First Nations Health Authority. I'd like to thank you for your time. Thanks for your story. I would just also like to thank everyone for their time. I know in the beginning, I kind of really struggled to to start, but I feel like we, we created a really good space. And once things started to flow, it felt really good. And like Teresa, I also really look forward to, to hearing it. And I hope it inspires other little Megans out there <laughs> that want to get back to and reconnect and remember like that part of themselves because like Teresa said it's it's made me stronger because I'm stronger because of it I want to take this time to introduce elder Sherry Dames who is here with us in support of Megan and Teresa's story welcome Sherry 
No, I am spoiled. No, guess. I'm always happy to see you. I'm always happy to hear about you. Your many, not only your struggles, but everything you've overcome all these years. I'm so happy and proud to be a part of your story and to continue to be a part of your story. You have amazed me over and over and over. And it's not just you, it's all the other 15 youth that we met within our program. And continue to stand proud because you have made me so proud of what you've become today. I really am proud of you. And continue to stay in touch. I'm always, my hand's always reaching out. I'm here. I can help you. So thank you so much, Panda, for allowing me to be a part of your story. I'm still here and I always will be here for you. So in closing, um, I'd like to share a song that I feel at times I need for uplift. We still sing and dance within ourselves, but we, so that's how I am. I need to sing or dance in the song that I've always shared. I just want to thank Sherry Dames, our elder here, for those words and beautiful song and prayer. Thank you very much. This concludes the First Nations Health Authority podcast, Strengthen Yourself. I would like to thank our guests, Megan Metz and Teresa Windsor, for sharing your story. It's a beautiful story. And I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in to this podcast. Thank you very much. My name is Kelsey Abraham, First Nations Health Authority, Community Coordinator for Youth and Child Care. Take care, everyone. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. We're taking back the languages. They said you can have it. We're taking back a culture. They said you can have it. We're taking all our-